everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're glad you've joined us. You know, Dr. Linda, at the top of every show, we uh, usually make a joke about how it's the weekend again, you know? <laughs> and I was thinking, and we also talk about t-shirts a lot. So let's get some t-shirts that say the Dr. Linda Mental Show and then say, it's, it's the, the weekend. weekend. Right. <laughs> I think great. they would sell like hotcakes. Well, there you, that, go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, Dr. Linda, there are many things to be thankful for in this country. Uh, but there are certainly a lot of stressful things happening right now as well. Unrest, violence in cities, political contention and divisiveness, the fallout of the pandemic, of course, fear about health, job losses, family issues, and you know what? I'll just stop there. I think that's enough. Yeah, because we might depress our audience listening right. to that. But listen, that relates to what we're talking about, because one way that you cope with all that stress is to eat. And what we are calling today, we're calling it stress eating. Stress eating. Yep. Have you ever been a stress eater, Chris? Believe it or not, no, but I do get really? I get hangry. Angry? Is that that angry hunger? Hunger and angry, right. <sighs> so it's the other way around. I'm, I'm okay, but once the hunger starts, then I'm hangry. Well, a lot of people eat out of stress. I mean, it's just so easy to do. Mm. We want you to know today that you're not alone if you're a stress eater. Food is available. It's like a friend who's always there. It's tasty. It's pleasurable, and especially during the time when you're not feeling a whole lot mm. of pleasure. And food doesn't talk back. It just makes you feel good at the moment. <laughs> that is true. And at the height of the pandemic, when we were really locked down and, and at home, feeling a little bored at times, we ate. And uh, instead of putting on the freshman 15 uh, like we did in college, now we're putting on the COVID 15. <laughs> it's kind of a play on that whole <laughs> freshman 15 thing. I just think it's so easy to turn to food when you can't socialize like before and you're not going on vacations. I mean, this sounds kind of first world problems when we're talking about it, mm, but it really has changed the way that we interact and the way that we do things and do life. And, you know, most events are online, our churches, our meetings, our indoor activities. Mm -hmm. And in some states, it's just been very hot during the summertime to to actually go out and do much outside, even though you maybe could do that. So what's left, Chris? Snack. Eating. Yeah. That's right. Snack attack and eating. <laughs> right. And when you're on online meetings... You can, you know, sneak a snack here and there. And for that matter, online church. You, know. you can eat while you're in church. I right. know people drink water all the time, but now right. they can eat too. Just turn the camera off and do a little snacking uh, during a boring meeting or, well, or sermon <laughs> for that, that. matter. <laughs> I've done it during boring meetings. I have to say I turn my camera off. I do exactly mm -hmm. that. And, you know, because of the pandemic, we've spent a whole lot more time at home. So I don't know if we think about that, but if you're spending more time at home with the kitchen right there, mm. and you're maybe exercising less, and you're seeing the cupboard, maybe you're thinking more about food because you're preparing a lot of meals because there's not a whole lot else to do, and you're kind of bored, so you're going for the snacks. And what ends up happening is that we're eating a whole lot more, I think in part just because we're around food more of the day. You touched on that there when you said uh, making more food. Well, there's more kids so there's more lunches, more breakfast, more dinners, more mouths to feed at all times of the day. And I tell you, TV is getting really boring. And so why not spend your night just fixing a gourmet meal? Norm does that. Our mm, producer does right. that. He's awesome at that. But we're eating really good meals and maybe more than I normally <laughs> would eat. Or maybe get a snack. And, you know, think about it. You can gather around the table. That's one thing you can do with your family. Mm -hmm. You can eat together. So I know our big outing has been for months going to the grocery store 
and then we're buying a lot of stuff. So. And you eat them late at night, it sounds like. Well, we don't eat that late at night, yeah. but he loves to cook, and so it's kind of boring. So we're just doing a lot of cooking, and we're mm. eating a lot more as a right. result. Well, it's true. Eating is the one thing that we can do as a family, and going to the store was an outing if you have to do it more often with more people uh, in the home more time during the day. Yeah, that's something I didn't think about until I was writing this show. You really are getting a whole lot more food. And because the pandemic is still impacting us, I mean, it's changed the way we do things. People are are reaching for comfort food. When you're dealing with long-term stress, and this has gone on way longer than maybe people thought at the beginning, you can find yourself reaching for that late-night bowl of ice cream. You know, it's normal to soothe yourself Mm. with something like that, or even to celebrate with food. But what happens then, if you're doing this month after month, you're starting to develop a stress-eating habit, and that's not a good thing. Would you say that food is our ever-present help in times of trouble? <laughs> that's a Bible verse, right? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is. It really is. I know that's a reference to God and the role God is and not food in our, our life. But, you know, we can talk a little bit more about that role of faith because that's going to be important in filling mm. the void right. in the last segment of the show. Well, here's the thing. When you eat under stress, food signals the pleasure regions of your brain, and it releases this chemical called dopamine that gives you the boost that makes you feel good and pleasurable. That's what happens with drug use, right? It gets to this part of the brain. It makes you feel good. Then when you're stressed, your body might go into that uh uh-oh, uh-oh kind of feeling, and then you crave some type of quick energy to kind of fight that off, and food can be that thing that you reach for. So it's totally understandable why we reach for food during stress. And a lot of studies, Chris, confirm this, that stress leads to overeating, which is why we really have to pay attention to it. You know, I know some people who eat less when they are stressed, and that would be me as well. I don't really? like, yeah, don't like to eat when I'm stressed out. But a lot of people do stress eat, so we definitely need healthy coping in stressful times, which is why we decided to do a show on stress eating. We don't want stress eating to become a habit. Right. We want to prevent that COVID-15 that we've been talking about. Mm. And the thing is with eating during stress, it's really a short-term fix. You know, it makes you feel good for the moment. It feels like, okay, I'm having at least a happy moment right now. But there's evidence to show that it does decrease those negative emotions, at least for the moment. Mm. But in the long run, what happens is you just feel worse. And a lot of times you feel guilty because you just overate. And it really doesn't address the problem of the stress. So just like taking a drug, when you take a drug, you feel better at the moment, but it doesn't help fix the problem. And that's what happens with stress eating. It actually medicates you for the moment, but it doesn't address your stress and it doesn't address your negative emotions in the long run. And those times when I have stress eaten, if you will, junk food, I don't feel good physically. And of course, it can lead to weight gain. So, so many people are now working from home. Give us a few pointers about how to handle that when we have constant access to the kitchen and the snacks. So the number one tip I would give is don't work in or near the kitchen. Unless you're a chef. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's just too tempting. I mean, the closer you are to the food, the more tempting it is to take a break, open the cupboard, open the refrigerator and grab something to eat. It's just, it's so easy. And because of that, would you recommend that we stick to our normal meal times and snacks? And here's an idea. Put a sign up in the fridge that says, this kitchen is closed. Yeah, that, that sign wouldn't stop me. <laughs> that wouldn't do the trick. But I do think trying to keep meals and snacks structured, like you're talking about, is a really good idea. And it may help. So if you get in your mind and you say, 
this is the time for lunch, this is the time for dinner, I'm only going to stick to those times, that would help. Now the good side of this is you can more easily make a salad or something that's healthier to eat than grabbing fast food like maybe a lot of us mm, did. Right. And you can take a few extra moments to prepare the food, so that's good. This is the time then you want to have some healthy f- snacks on hand, some good fruit. I know when I'm in the office, all these administrative assistants used to have bowls of candy around. Mm. And they would bring in donuts and pizza and a lot of food that was loaded with carbs and sugar. And, you know, you're busy, and so you grab it. And so you run out. If you don't have time, a lot of time, you grab fast food, you eat that fast food, and we don't eat healthy. So maybe this is a time to make a change. You know, here's a thought. Uh, You can drink more water at home. It's easy to keep a glass at your work area, and it keeps filling you up. I try to do that, but I'm not real good at it, even though that water does help. Mm. Here's another tip, and it's one we used to teach our overweight patients when we were working with them. Don't eat while you work. Mm. Don't eat while you work. It's multitasking. You're too distracted when you do that, and you engage in what we call mindless eating. So when you're mindless eating, you tend to keep on eating, and then you eat more. You're not paying attention to it. Better to move to the kitchen when you really need to eat that meal Take time to enjoy your lunch, relax, and focus on the food. And when you have a bag of chips right next to your computer, it's too easy just to grab them and eat. And the next thing you know, the bag is empty. Yeah, because you're just mindlessly eating. So don't eat out of the bag. Don't eat out of that whole container. Instead, Mm. put a serving size in a bowl or a cup so that you don't keep eating continuously. You know, when you see it, it's gone. Continuous eating is called grazing, and it's a really bad habit to develop. That's when you pick at food all day, and it can really add up those calories when you do that. Well, we've been talking for a while here on the first segment of the show, so it's time for a quick snack. (laughs) (laughs) It's not mealtime. That's right. But we do need to take a short break. More on putting on the COVID-15 stress eating on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder what is normal and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits? Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mental, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices, easy changes, and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World will give you this confidence, the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online, drlindamental.com. And remember, you can listen to our podcast anytime on iTunes. And if you think this show might be helpful to someone you know, tell them about the podcast. And let me remind you that Dr. Linda has lots of books on eating, Lose It for Life, Press Pause Before You Eat, Raising Healthy Kids, Breaking Free from Compulsive Overeating. And you can find all of her books on her website, drlindamental.com, 
or online where books are sold. Now, the reason I have so many books on eating, because that was a long list, right, is that I spent 20 years of my career as a therapist helping people with obesity and eating problems, disordered eating. So this is an area of practice. That's why there's so many of those. And that's why I like talking about this topic. See, if I had lots of books on eating, they would be cookbooks, <laughs> like a normal person. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to the topic today, it's putting on the COVID-15 tips to stop stress eating. How do we deal with cravings? That's a great question because the first thing you have to really do is figure out, is it really hunger or is there just something else that's going on, which is usually the craving, right? So you have to be honest about it. If you said to yourself, Chris, if an orange or some carrots and hummus could do the trick, do you think that would be hunger or craving? That would be desperate. <laughs> Desperation. To death, yeah. Desperation. Well, I like carrots and hummus, actually, but that means, yeah, that, that mm. definitely means it's hunger. If you think you need a specific food, like ice cream or brownies or something, then it's probably a craving. Hmm. The trick is to know the difference. So if you're hungry, your stomach growls, you feel weak, your blood sugar drops, and you feel lightheaded. Cravings don't do any of that. It's really good, too, Chris, to say, why am I eating this right now? And do I feel something? Is that why I'm eating? Mm. Rather than just, am I hungry? And that can kind of help you figure out if you're eating because of emotions or stress, or if you really, really just need some food. When that's the case, when you're eating out of stress, you have to learn how to deal with your emotions apart from the food. I know someone who lost so much weight when he, and he said, I eat to live. I don't live to eat. Yeah, that's good. I only eat when I need to. And he lost a lot of weight that way. Let's say I'm not really hungry, but those fudge brownies are calling my name. Move away from the kitchen. <laughs> Move away from that. What you have to do is distract yourself. And people underestimate mm. how potent distraction is. I mean, that is a really good technique. If you can go 15 to 20 minutes and not eat that certain thing that's tempting you, that craving is actually going to go away. Mm. So what you have to do is take your mind off the food and do something else so that you can you know, stop from that stress eating. One of the things you could do is maybe go for a walk. Just walk even in the house and walk to a different room. Maybe pet your dog. You know, Start a board game or some kind of thing on your phone, a little game on your phone. When you're bored, those brownies are going to look really inviting on that counter. But if you just put the thought out of your mind by distracting your mind, thinking of something else, it's going to really work because that out of sight, out of mind mm -hmm. idea is really powerful. And you're probably going to say, and don't buy them if they tempt you, right? But if you really feel you just can't resist the temptation, then you... Well, then you tell yourself, okay, I can eat this. Mm. It's my choice. I can eat these brownies. But do I really want to? How will I feel later? Just give yourself permission to do it because if you just press pause for the moment and you take a moment and say, do I really want to do this? You're probably going to be able to say no. But the more important part of that is if you say to yourself, I can't, I can't, I can't, mm. it's going to be a problem. Right. And if you say, yes, I want to eat this. Yeah, then don't feel guilty about that and just eat a small portion to satisfy that craving. Maybe take just a few bites and, and just don't deprive yourself. Mm. Because what you resist is going to persist in your mind. The more you think, I can't, I can't, I can't, the more you're going to want it. So take a few bites, savor them, and then just push the rest of it away. I know that's hard to do, but I've mm -hmm. tried to do that with desserts. I've tried to just take a couple of bites and then push the plate away. Uh, that might be really helpful. 
Is it me or does this seem like addiction? It's not. You've really paired your stress with trying to eat something to make yourself feel better. Mm. So you just have to get out of this habit. So a lot of these techniques and little tips are to break the connection between there's the food, I feel stressed, now I'm going to eat. I see. We're going to change that around. What about craving certain foods because we think maybe that we are low on nutrition? Well, how many times, Chris, do you crave kale? (laughs) <laughs> or broccoli right? or other foods that are high in nutrition, right? Let me count. Never. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that, you know, wanting salty snacks doesn't mean that you need sodium. Hmm. And craving creme brulee, let's say, doesn't indicate you're low on sugar and fat, right? But so it, it could. <laughs> no, it could not. Okay. It usually does not. <laughs> we usually crave these fatty foods like pizza and ice cream. And they do raise a chemical in the brain that does affect our mood. The chemical is called serotonin. Some people mm-hmm. have heard of that. makes you feel a little bit better. So, you know, that's why eating does feel good for the moment. But indulging in fatty food can really trigger that feel-good hormone adrenaline as well. Wow. So a lot of problems with what happens in the brain when you just give in to those kind of cravings and triggers. And if we were just eating because of emotional feelings, how do we deal with that? And here's an example. If I'm simply bored or happy when I've accomplished something, so I want to go celebrate and let's say I want to get a loaded pizza, then what? So all of those feelings, boredom, anxiety, sadness, loneliness, stress, happiness, just think of any emotion, can really lead to emotional eating. You have to realize that the emotion's triggering it, then decide just to substitute something else. So instead of going for the food, you have to break that chain, those two things Mm. together, and you have to substitute with something else, whether it's exercise, even taking a long bath when you're really struggling, the key is to break that connection between your feeling and reaching for the food. It's breaking the habit. So if someone is really struggling, should they reach out and and talk to a friend? You know, it's really a good idea. It's a little like what happens in AA, right? Mm. So, you know, when you want a drink, you call a friend, they kind of talk you through it, make you think about what you're doing. When you want it, you overeat or stress it, you could call someone and talk to them, and they could sort of talk you off the cliff, so to speak. (laughs) You know, social support, really important when we're trying to break bad eating habits. And also, that interaction with another person Mm. calms down the stress as well. Well, we found these suggestions from a, a nutritionist, Catherine Brooken, on WebMD to help with the cravings. Let's talk about a few of these. The best place to start is chocolate. That's right. Well, what she suggests is that when you crave chocolate, try a frozen banana dipped in chocolate. Chris, that only has 180 calories. Really? Yeah. And here's another good one, I thought. If you like s'mores, she says take one ounce of dark chocolate and a marshmallow on a half a graham cracker, put it on a sheet broil it, top it off with the other graham cracker. That only has 150 calories. If you eat just one, where I like to eat six. Yeah, that's the key. And the same thing is true with little pieces of candy, Mm -hmm. you know, the individually wrapped ones. If you eat one or two of them, you're only putting in 75 calories. That's not bad when you think about it. What about the craving for ice cream? It's probably 500 calories or 20 grams of saturated fat. Yeah. Now, they have this new ice cream called Halo that Mm -hmm. has uh, a lot less uh, fat. And you could actually eat the entire pint of that. It would only be like 240 to 360 calories. Wow. So that's a big difference compared to like Ben and Jerry's, just the vanilla. Mm -hmm. That has like 1,000 calories in it for the pint. Well, people put pickles on their ice cream. That makes it healthier. (laughs) (laughs) There probably is a pickle. Ben and Jerry's, I don't know. Okay, so uh, no Ben and Jerry's, but what can I eat? Well, do you like those uh, ice cream sandwiches? 
Yes. Okay, so there's a skinny version of that that mm-hmm. only has 130 to 150 calories. That'd be a good choice. Yes. And how about, do you like Rolos? Sure. <laughs> you don't <Go>. sound convinced. <laughs> <laughs> or how about just one cupcake? Could you handle one cupcake? Just one, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you're really wanting the sweet and you don't want to go to those high-fat things, you could try some dried fruit. Mm. Or this one doesn't work for me, but hard candies. A lot of people say candies are gum. Help. I'm not a gum person, so that doesn't work for me. Well, those are good ideas, Dr. Linda. And on that note, we need to take our second break. More about stress eating and the spiritual side after the break. Okay, let's be honest. There are times when we eat just because life is tense or the kids are driving you crazy or we feel anxious or insecure about a relationship with a friend or a spouse, right? Food might just be too available or I can't help myself or it feels so good to dive into the ice cream sundae. We have a million excuses, but the truth is sometimes we just eat out of emotion not need. You know, it happens to all of us. So how do we fix the problem? Well, here's a quick prescription, and it begins with press pause. If you follow this simple plan, you can say goodbye to mindless eating and hello to the joys of eating. When you press pause, you slow down and begin to listen to your body. Am I truly hungry? What's going on around me that makes me want to put something in my mouth? So here's how to pause. We're going to spell it out. The P stands for purpose, purpose to delay immediate gratification. Then the A stands for attend, attend to the moment, but also be mindful of the future and how your immediate decision might be the one you regret later. Next is the U, understand that your good intentions and even your willpower don't win the impulsive eating battle. You need a healthy dose of God help. Then the S, strategize, find ways to incorporate God's help You invite the Holy Spirit to work within you, and you'll discover his strength to improve your self-control. And then finally, the E, execute those changes. So to eat without emotion, press pause before you eat. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Today's topic is putting on the COVID-15 as it relates to stress eating. We've got a lot more to talk about, but before we move on, I want to uh, remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com, and that's where you will find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. And remember, an easy way to know what she is writing about each week is to follow her on Twitter, at Dr. Linda Mental, and listen to our podcast on iTunes. Dr. Linda, I mentioned before that you have lots of books on eating, Lose It for Life, Press Pause Before You Eat, uh, Raising Healthy Kids, Breaking Free from Compulsive Eating, Lots of good resources. If this is an area of challenge right now, check out these books. Yeah, and when I write books, they're written from a biblical worldview. So I I want people to know that I bring in the spiritual side, and I want us to think about our lives holistically. So we have to consider our body, our mind, and our spirit. And you know, with all the stress and distractions in our culture, there's very little talk about God. And churches are trying to figure out how to best engage again with their people. And Ignoring your spiritual life right now is easy to do. It really is. You have to be so intentional, don't you, Chris, to sit, get up in the morning and say, yeah. I, I'm going to read, I'm going to focus, I'm going to pray. But despite all the change and all the stress, this is really the time we need to. I'm saying it. We need to. I'm emphasizing that to really continuously nourish our soul and to use our faith to help us with de-stressing mm. and to cope. 
in Lose It for Life, you use the acronym RISE, R-I-S-E, to help with emotional or stress eating. Uh, let's talk about RISE and apply that to this topic of stress eating. So the R in that means to reduce. So R is for reduce in that RISE formula, and it means to reduce your stress where and when you can. So if there's any part of your life you can take the stress out, that would be helpful. And then the other part that you need to reduce is that emotional eating that we've been talking about so that we're not responding to our emotions and our stress by taking food. The I is increase, which means increase your ability to break this habit of stress eating, increase your social support, that's going to help, hmm. connections with other people. And the most important and confident way you can do this is through your relationship with God. We don't always think about it like that, but it's through Christ that we have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, which also includes self-control. So if you increase your self-control by having the love of God, it's going to help you with stress eating. And then the S, Chris, stands for substitute, which we've mentioned, substitute new ways, other things that you can do besides eating to deal with that stress. In addition to distraction we talked about, substitute behaviors like exercising, or maybe even just practicing the spiritual disciplines like prayer and meditation. And then finally, the E is to eliminate. Eliminate fear, eliminate stress, eliminate feelings of rejection, shame, all those negative emotions that you might be dealing with, and maybe even the hopeless attitude that people are feeling a lot these days that leads you to stress eat. You know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So we have God's love and his presence, which drives out fear. So basically, rise above stress eating, R-I-S-E. Reduce, increase, substitute, and eliminate. And we do this by nourishing your soul. Meditating on God's Word is the best way I can think to do that. I'm thinking of a passage like Psalm 112.7. That passage is pretty familiar probably to some of you, but it says, They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. So God's word keeps our mind renewed so that we're not eating out of fear, anxiety, or any kind of stress. What about prayer? It actually changes the brain. Did you know that? Physically changes the brain. Yes, we've looked at studies, images of the brain, and we can see that when people pray, their brains change for the better. So prayer is really powerful. You know, God is in the moment. He's with us at all times. And if we connect with him in prayer, we have a counselor who can help us with stress at any moment. So we need to learn to turn to the real source of power that can transform us and help us break those stress eating habits. You can do it when you pray, you meditate on God's word, and then you do the things that we talked about today. You know, Dr. Linda, uh, as we wrap up the program, it sounds to me like spiritual hunger requires spiritual food. Yeah, and all the stress and the bad news can be mitigated through our trust in our relationship with God. So we hope that you think about this connection, body, mind, and spirit, how you can break that habit of stress eating and not put on the COVID-15. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone.
Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.